everyone and welcome to Much Better People. This is a podcast created for those transitions in life, especially the ones that might be kicking your ass a little bit more than others. I'm your host Somya and each week I'm joined by a different guest to discuss their loves and losses in their 20s and the lessons that they've learnt and that they'll bring into their 30s to hopefully make the transition a little bit easier. So today's guest is somebody that I met relatively recently, only about three or four weeks ago, on a very popular dating app called uh, Schminder. And um, (laughs) in that time, we've realised actually we have a lot to talk about and are able to kind of challenge one another and respect one another in a nice way. So I thought I'd ask him on because, you know, I like to do him a favour. He hasn't got much else going on. Jonas is somebody I would say is a force of nature. He has a brilliant mind and I know that because he's the only person that's ever got me to listen to a Jordan Peterson podcast episode and probably is the only person that will ever, ever do that. (laughs) So Jonas, I guess at the minute, is obviously in Manchester. He is from Estonia and has been spending pretty much a lot of his life changing up what he does every few years. Him talk to you a little bit about that and his journey to where he is now. And of course, he's going to give us some really good lessons that we can use in life and we'll all thrive. So welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me on. Uh, So quick recap about what I've been doing, how I got here. Mm -hmm. So my philosophy in life is to, as soon as something gets too comfortable for me or I feel that my next couple of years become predictable, I switch up my life. So usually I change my job. So my degree was in finance. I did my career in finance. It took me about three years to get to the top. Then I switched, started a football club, built that. Then I switched, became a game designer. And now just from this year, I switched up and started YouTube. So this is the most recent upgrade in my life. Okay, nice. With your YouTube channel, yeah. um, I know that you're doing your, what you call a fuck it list. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and let's call it a fuck it list. Let's fuck be it list. So fuck it's it almost list. like the antithesis of a bucket list because you've got to get your ass in gear and yeah. do it way before you die. In short, it's it's a bucket list. Everyone knows what a bucket list is, but a fuck it list is a bucket list with a much shorter deadline. So I made a list of 100 things that I want to do before I die, which is a normal bucket list, but I gave myself four years to finish it. So I need to do 25 things per year, four years straight, and in, at the end of the four years, hopefully all of the hundred things will be off the list. So I don't see the point why I wait until I'm realistically, I'm not going to be doing most of the things on my bucket list when I'm 60 or 70 because health won't allow you. So if you really want to go after something in life, you could just, you got to do it now, not later. In terms of your kind of, you said philosophy to life, or the way you do things, you kind of switch things up every few years. Where did that come from? Because I suppose some people really like to literally put years and years and years and years into something they feel like that makes you kind of um, an expert or really really well rounded in that area do you agree with that or do you just think that you're able to achieve that in a shorter amount of time no I, I do agree but I think it's important that you find what suits you and some people are extremely comfortable not comfortable but it suits them to focus on something long term and become an expert in something it takes 10 15 years maybe for me personally, I've always been doing four or five things at a time since I was a kid and focusing on one thing for a long time. It's just I lose interest. I lose the passion for it. And then my mind just gets distracted. And I always kind of treated myself like I punished myself for it. 
Yeah. Until I realized that, like, what if I just go with it? I want to see what happens in my life if I go with it. And as soon as I, I did that, my whole life changed around for the better, way better. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I like it. I think that, you know, it affords you also the opportunity to just be really flexible. And I think sometimes as well, when you are stuck in one area and you feel like you can't do something, you then force yourself to continue. And obviously the, I guess the enjoyment, but also the end product isn't necessarily going to be better than somebody that's just gone for it for, you know, a short amount of time. But it, it, yeah, it does sum up you really as a person, doesn't it? From what I've seen. Yeah, I, I think the overall, I guess 2022, and there's never been a time in history when you can personalize your life in every field, mm. when it comes to food, when it comes to health, when it comes where you want to live, where you want to work, what job you want, what education you, you want to get. It used to be that you kind of had to go with what, whatever society was doing and you didn't have a choice. But now it's like if you don't personalize it, it's also a choice. It's not forced on you anymore. So I don't want to live in one country my whole life. I don't want to just have one degree. I don't want to do one job. I just want to do as much as I can because I'm going to die. So I might as well go after everything that I actually want to do. Yeah. We, we're all going to die. We're all going to die. <laughs> so are you going to die? <laughs> but that's the, that's, the, that's the beautiful part of it because every time I talk about it or I've always had like a different type of relationship to death, I guess, because I find not comfort, but like I find it empowering to think about death or or discuss death. But most people want to avoid that topic. Mm -hmm. But for me, that's like one certainty that you have in life, because every single human being or living being on the planet who ever lived died and they will. And it's like the inevitability of it is kind of. It like it sets you. You know, it clears your mind because if you avoid the topic or you don't want to talk about it, you're kind of living in this world of illusion, I think. And then usually people wake up way too late in their forties or sixties or fifties when they're like, "Oh my god, my life is gone. What did I do?" Yeah, no, I agree. I think death is one thing that literally unifies every single living thing. So yeah, I think it's a good philosophy. Yeah. This podcast I created, as I said at the beginning, to talk about transitions in life because I noticed that a lot of people around me um, were especially struggling, obviously, with the pandemic as well. And that was a huge transition, I guess you can call it, that was forced on to pretty much everyone. And I guess everyone experienced it a little bit differently. And I wanted to create something that others could kind of listen to if they were also having problems uh, in quite turbulent times. So the things I picked are love loss and then I've already said lessons so in terms of those three things they don't necessarily have to go in order mm. um but have you had to think about one of the things you talk about maybe to do with love or loss in your 20s in my 20s I mean let's let's go in order I like okay order. you like order you're <laughs> yeah. orderly um, so yeah if we take if we take love um I guess I'm a very detail-oriented person so once we drop something like love on the table my brain goes like what do you mean by love like what's the definition of love to me what do i think the definition of love is to other people what do i think it actually is outside of let's say just even mankind because everyone makes it extremely subjective what love is if i talk about love with you Mm -hmm. we use the same term but we're not talking about the same thing if you talk with your mother or i talk to my mom love is a totally different type of thing so I guess I would say that, what do you mean by love? And then I can answer the question.
Okay. <coughs> Thanks for that. I'm meant to be asking the question. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, so love for me is just something that I would say is all encompassing. And generally I'm talking about positive experiences that really stay with you and are things that bring you know happiness or joy or some sort of memory for you that you actually enjoy and you and, and has really stuck with you so it can be a thing that you loved or a person or a time in your life something you've done you know it can can be anything really well for me the first thing that comes to mind is that I love music yeah and that's pretty much where it ends and that's where it started and <laughs> I when it comes to people um Every time I talk about it, people are like, no, no, it cannot be true. But I don't think I've ever loved someone as mm -hmm. a human being other than myself. Yeah. And I don't think it's a bad thing. Usually just when you bring up this topic to other people, they react in a weird way because they've never heard anyone say that before. Mm -hmm. And then they don't think it's true. Okay. Yeah. But I do think it's true because I see that people outsource love a lot. You know, they don't love themselves at all or like 10%. And they're trying to fill that void by trying to get other people to love them. But that's a, that's a, that's a death cycle. So for me, because I'm quite a rational person, love. Qu can we just say quite? <laughs> quite. So the topic of love is like, love has to give me something in a way that is sustainable. Okay. Usually other people for me aren't sustainable because I rarely find people that are independent and independent people can be sustainable, but not independent people, dependent people and people who are, let's say, outsourcing all these things that they need in life outside of themselves. It's a matter of time when they just collapse, you know, something, mm -hmm. even as you mentioned, the pandemic situation, these types of moments bring out the true self in people because it's very easy to be happy and satisfied and smile when life is good but your true character comes out when something happens that's totally out of your control and like crazy big thing for humanity it was a slight little psychological and like health related nudge and the world collapsed i mean mm -hmm. i loved it <laughs> yeah because you're an agent of chaos for me it was super <laughs> interesting because i i it's very interesting to observe people at that moment Right When that happened, I was super focused. I talked to people. I reached out to people. I started talking to people because I wanted to see what was actually happening in their mind. Yeah. Okay. So we'll, we'll come back to that. But I yeah, have a question yeah. as well. When I spoke to you about love, I suppose you said something really important, which was that people outsource that emotion. Like they want that to be f fulfilled by other things or people or whatever, you know. Uh, or some people put that into an activity they yeah. kind of just zone in on one thing. Love for me as well is irrational. Is it that perhaps, because you are a very rational person, is music for you something that makes you feel something and that's akin maybe to love, but you can't rationalise it? I think, I think that, I mean, music definitely makes me feel something. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing that makes me feel something. But I think I can rationalise it. But that's also kind of the reason why I never, since I was a kid, I wanted to study music, but I also didn't because mm -hmm. I didn't want to rationalize it for myself. Because once you get into it and you study it, it becomes, you know, if, if you start understanding something, you lose the magic, yeah, a bit of it. So, I mean, magic literally, because I do magic tricks as a hobby. <laughs> it's the best example for that because 
The only person that enjoys the magic, the magical part of it, is everyone else other than the magician. Yeah. Yeah. The, the person that knows how it works only gets the joy of performing and to share that magic with them, but they, they lose the, that part pretty much forever. It's yeah. It's very rare to experience that. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so you perform magic. And do you, what do you enjoy when you perform tricks? Like, is it, is there something in other people that they show you that maybe you don't have because you understand it and you know it's not actual magic? I think magic is like a small game, like a minimized life because it's extremely balanced because the art itself is extremely rational. Everything that happens is planned, under control, rational and based on psychology, human behavior and just just sleight of hand and stuff like that. But what, how people perceive it Mm-hmm. Is everything opposite of it because they don't understand what's happening. And if they don't understand, your brain goes to emotions. Because if you don't, I think there's an extremely strong correlation between knowledge and emotional reactions. The more knowledge you have, the less emotional reactions you'll have. And magic demonstrates that extremely well. I can do a simple card trick. If there's one magician in the audience and 100 people who aren't magicians, magician is going to be like, oh, cool. But the 100 people can go like, oh my God. Yeah. They have magical skills. But it also happens in daily life all the time. Mm-hmm. So what, what's an example of, of that kind of happening in daily life? Let's say you break up with someone. Mm-hmm. If you understand what happened and why that breakup was necessary, sometimes one, part can, one person can and the other person maybe doesn't. You can have one side that's like calm and the other side that reacts emotionally. Or any, pretty much everything in your daily life, even a conversation when someone, let's say, is having a podcast. <laughs> and if the topic gets out of hand or people feel cornered or they feel that the topic is not their speciality anymore, they can start reacting emotionally yeah. in a way and even get aggressive. That's also why people often, when they lose, when they lose arguments, mm-hmm. they go to emotional aggression or passive aggressive yeah. behavior. Yeah. So they try to compensate for the lack of knowledge. Yeah, that's true. Look at the politics in the States. <laughs> <laughs> politics here. Yeah, later. Um, okay, so music. You would say yeah. you love music. Yeah. That's, I, I guess it's the only thing where I can say it without feeling that I'm lying. Okay. Or at least not being 100% true. To everybody else in Jonas's life, <laughs> fuck you. They know, they know. That's <laughs> <laughs> so no, it's, it's not a bad thing. It's just like, I'm, I'm very it's a pro, you thing. Yeah, I'm yeah. very pro-honesty. And, and like, I did probably like 20 years of my life, I did that. I, I said things to people that they needed to hear because I thought it was the right thing to do. But eventually you're like, what, what am I doing? Because mm. the funny thing, they're also going to die if they're older than me, probably before me. And it's like, who are you lying to then? You know, <laughs> at the <laughs> end of the day, you're going to be at the end when you're old, you're mm-hmm. going to be faced with the truth mm-hmm. anyways yeah probably on your deathbed and then you're going to evaluate your life in a couple of seconds and you'll know exactly if you were truthful to yourself or not yeah definitely the other thing about you then which i appreciate is that there's never a question of if you're being honest so and um i guess you know um i've got off lightly so far so <laughs> in terms of music again if we bring it back I know Michael Jackson is somebody that you... Who's that? (laughs) (laughs) 
just adore I don't know what's the word I know you you love music respect. generally respect yeah, yeah. like authentically yeah. respect as a human being. yeah would you say he's one of the first artists that you ever saw that struck something in you like you watch on your tiny tv and for sure i i mean i i remember i was like six and my classmate had a cassette and then he borrowed it to me and i was like oh i mean that it was bad so it kind of looked cool i was like i can't wait home to fucking play it so i went home put it on press play and then Dirty Diana started and I just remembered that was the first that was the introduction and I was just I was just done I was in it and I was I've heard that song probably like 5,000 10,000 yeah. times and the thing is what got me was that I mean I'm detail oriented now I was detail detail oriented person as a kid and it's just the amount I understood even as a kid that the amount of effort that went into every song because I could listen to the song over and over and then discover more things and take yeah. it apart and you listen to it again. You're like, Jesus Christ, something new. Mm-hmm. And that's what really like pulled me in because I mean, most music is you listen, most music, pop music is like the average person. You, mm-hmm. What you see is what you get. Yeah. <laughs> but it's true. Don't hate the messenger. And you know, then, it's true. Yeah, it is true. It's like, like fast food. Bland taste. I'm McDonald's. English food, bland taste. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to go there. Anyways. So, uh, yeah, what, what really pulled me in was that it was different. And it was like in depth. And you could understand that he didn't, he didn't create music for other people only in the sense that I'm going to create something that other people will like. But he had to do it perfect for himself. Yeah. And that really got me because that was, I think, my first introduction to like world-class perfectionism through music. So I think it's a combination really, isn't it? Because you said that even as a child, you were very detail-oriented. So seeing somebody manifest that and it's in- absolutely incredible and really successful as well, it quite, must have been quite. like <laughs> maybe a moment of reflection for you, even though you probably wouldn't have thought about it like that because you're a child. But yeah. maybe, I don't know, you're a bit insane. So <laughs> maybe three-year-old you was like, oh, yes. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, when you're six, I just, I guess the different thing is even when I think about my past, everything that's music related has an emotional trigger in it. And if I think about other things, like, I don't know, people related stuff or school or something, they're just, they're just like data, but everything related to music has something in it for some reason. So I don't know exactly why that is. And I don't want to know because I want to have that, you know, mm-hmm. joy in life, I guess. Yeah. And yeah, I'm, I, I can't say what my exact thought process was when I was six. I just remember the, like the moments where the my, my light bulb went on. Lovely. Lovely. I really like that you brought music as your, one of your loves, because it's not necessarily something I've had yet. And I would probably say that if I was to be interviewed, which I will be at some point. On my podcast very soon. <laughs> that that would definitely be one of mine. And I think that when you talk about death, unifying pretty much every, well, pretty much vampires exist. Everybody in the world and every kind of living creature. I would say music is another one for me because I like 
and enjoy and love so many different types of music. I and mean, even when maybe I don't necessarily connect fully personally myself, I can still appreciate parts of lots of different types of music. So I think that helps me connect with lots of people. But it is great because I would say you're somebody that I met that it has that kind of additional layer to it when it, when it comes to music particularly because, it, again, I think it's the detail-oriented like orientedness, <laughs> um, but it's the appreciation, I think, as well for the musicality and the effort and the time and the kind of sacrifice that musicians put in to their work. It's definitely something that I really appreciate in people. Um, so, yeah, thank you for sharing your love of music. I guess thinking when we kind of talked about it before, as soon as I said love, loss and lessons, you were mm. just like, they're all related. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> that's what seems to be happening. So losses, what would you say, again, is something that you perhaps lost in your 20s um, that really sticks out to you or, you know, has made has made an, an impact on you now? Mm. I mean, my mind goes, first place where it goes is death. But I guess I've been fortunate enough not to really have, not to be surrounded by death and disease mm -hmm. and horrors um, because probably God loves me so much. But uh, <laughs> but because you love yourself so much <laughs> and no, you are I'm, God. <laughs> I, I, I know I am extremely lucky. But I mean, but even even when I've had like friends die, they haven't been like extremely close friends. There's just people yeah. that I know. And it doesn't it doesn't really hit me in a way that like it hits other people probably because I have a very friendly relationship with death in my head because I've really really thought about it and death is a part of life and when it comes it's kind of yes it's horrible but it doesn't take me you know it doesn't take me down yeah. so in a weird way I'm kind of expecting someone close to me to die so I'll see how I react <laughs> <laughs> which is a horrible thing to say but it's true Okay, so um, no, yeah, death is a big one. Sorry, what, what were you going to say? I'm saying it's like my family members are not very happy when I say that. Because <laughs> I have. <laughs> uh, Anyways, yeah, but, but death, is not, death is not related to loss to me, I guess. There's just, there's just one example. So when I, was, when I was six, I discovered Michael Jackson. When I was seven, Michael Jackson came to Tallinn to perform for the first time and the only time. I was I was seven years old. Of course, I wanted to go. Of course, no one took me. So, like, I grew up just, you know, music, his music was kind of my savior. So it's like, I know it's a very distant and impersonal relationship, but it is still kind of personal. And when in 2009, he was supposed to have his last tour to have 50 concerts in London at the O2, I just, I just, bought the ticket I like I took a loan to buy the ticket and the flights and everything wow. like I went to work during the summer because like I had to be there and I went with my with my good friend who is also a very 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 um kind of a crazy fan like me and then two weeks before the tour started he died slash was murdered let's be precise but that hit me like that's probably the closest I've been to almost crying when someone dies because it's it's not about him in the sense that I don't know him as a person, but it's what, what he represents to me and what was taken away so close to almost getting what you want. So 
And even overall, it's just every time a musician dies that I want to see, that hits me like way harder than anyone that I know. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that's... And the other thing with loss, I would say, is time. I'm extremely conscious, uh, conscious of losing time or not being efficient with your time. So if you say what I lost most in my 20s, time. What I will lose most in my 30s, time. And eventually you'll literally run out and then you'll die. That's a fact for everyone listening. So yeah. So watch out. <laughs> watch out. Some There's, you sooner can, than others. You can run, but you can't hide. <laughs> from Jonas. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <clears throat> With losing time, what are the things that you that come alongside that that you feel like you've lost in your twenties? Mm, I guess it's a part of life, but. I think everyone does it that sometimes you know what the right decision is, but you just delay it. Mm-hmm. Like yep. quitting that shitty job or quitting that shitty partner or leaving your country or there's, there's always something keeping you, you know, you know, you know, you're just waiting life to corner you so much that you're going to be like, oh, fuck this. And then you go. Yeah. So when you still have that comfort of having excuses or thinking about it or you know something has to go really usually people make the right choice when something bad happens like like i don't know something happens to your health people start making much better choices immediately because they lose the illusion of time someone says you might have 10 years to live they make like they get rid of the wrong people they get rid of everything that they don't need because they know that their time is limited so this i think in my 20s in the beginning of my 20s i I definitely was in a relationship that could have lasted way longer. And I knew exactly when I should have ended it, could have ended it, but didn't because I was like, I'll just put the extra 20% in, you mm-hmm. know, but it's, that's a waste of time because I wasn't winning anything from it. Yeah. But she was. <laughs> I was just about to say, and neither was she. No, no, no. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah. So I guess time is, time is actual measurable loss both emotionally and physically because like you will never have it back yeah well thanks thanks to medicine at least like our our life expectancy is so so much better now that we can live up to 80 or 85 or 90 or even 100 you know even if i'm going to be 60 maybe some medical you know medical uh invention is going to give me extra 30 years Right. I have no doubt. You'll be 90 and fucking night. <laughs> oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. No, I'm just going to lay there. No, but... <laughs> no. no, but it's... it's, it's um, I think it's bad in a way because life expectancy is going up, but I don't really see people doing much with their time. Yeah. They're just like, they're pissing life away because... You, sorry, no, I actually think that's valid, but it just made me laugh the way you said it. Yeah, yeah because it's it's... I don't know. Whatever you have too much of, you you appreciate per unit less. Yeah. And if you know that your life expectancy is 50 years, right, you're going to be like, oh, shit. And if you know that you'll be like, oh, I'm, I'm going to live to 120 and then I can tweak my genes soon. It kind of takes the pressure away from putting in effort all the time. Yeah. Yeah. This is very When do true. you think you're going to die? I'm going to die when I'm 70, everyone. <laughs> do you know the exact date 12th of july it's gonna be sad because i want to die on my birthday but it's gonna be just just just, just four days early just, just 
<laughs> they really fucked me over. <laughs> that is that is uh, disturbingly precise. Yep. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, I agree with all of that. I think that time for me is one that's very scary to think about losing, as you've said. And it's for me personally, I suppose that resonates because I've done very similar things to you in the sense, or, well, I guess to a lot of people, of, well, you know, you just try a little bit more. And then if you try a little bit more, the outcome will change. That's, Spoiler, that, it, that's called wishful thinking. That's wishful thinking. And it never works. It doesn't. Don't see the best in people. <laughs> yeah. Like, my, the advice that I give people is that, not that I think it's the right thing to do, but I just see that people are doing so much of the opposite that this advice works. So the advice is, if you meet someone, just, like, treat them okay, but assume that they're an absolute asshole. And they need to prove to you that they're not. Because people mm -hmm. do the opposite. People are like, oh, everyone's nice. Everyone has their, you know, they want good for you and blah, blah, blah. No, they don't. Look at your family. Every single family is, a, is abusive as fuck. People just don't want to talk about it. If you put a, like family meetings, it's like a circus because everyone kind of knows each other, but they don't. And because the roles are so important in your life, like rarely truth really comes out. And when truth comes out, there's, there's like... You know, I, how do you say? It's easier to avoid the conflict and the actual deep discussion. And, and people do it with family, people do it with friends. And in a way, the closer the person is to you, the more difficult it is to be honest, because then you're going to have the consequences tomorrow. And that's why people ex feel extremely free to be honest with me, because I'm just a random guy that they just met. And then they open up because they need to and they want to. And they think there's no consequences. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they do with me. And then I make them come on my podcast. <laughs> I wanted you to invite me. I know. I actually knew you have a podcast. That's why I was like, oh, that's the girl with the podcast. <laughs> I did not put that on my profile. Thank you. But <laughs> I, 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 I know, I know some um, people who know some people. Yeah. So I think it's useful to think about the loss of time in a, a more of a concrete way, like you've described it you know with examples because i think people in general obviously not everybody do just think i'll be in this job for a bit or something like an example like that and then i'll go and the reason i bring that up is because i've done that so i mean i love my work and i'll continue to do that as a career i, I hope and i think because it's you know i really really enjoy it challenging but I've never enjoyed being in one place and sitting in an office with overhead lighting that give me migraine. You know, like just yeah. sitting in an office has never been something I've liked. But I guess I've always accepted you that. You know who else hasn't enjoyed it? Nobody. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> I know. But some people, or I'd say even maybe the majority of people, don't even really voice that. So it's almost like a, a consequence of having a job. So I'll complain about it. Because I know I don't like it, but I started to be really annoying because I wasn't doing anything to change that. So I think there are like layers of recognizing when you're losing something. And it's just if you're able to pull it, firstly, recognize it and pull it to the forefront and then actually do something about it. But it's been kind of motivating, I suppose, meeting you in the sense that I already had the plan. So I already knew what I wanted mm. to do. But I did kind of, oh, you know, the pandemic happened. And then, you know, and you just kind of keep making i guess coming up with reasons that you can't do something or, or responsibilities that you have but yeah no i i think reflecting on that i've also lost time and can kind of relate to that so i'm excited to not lose any more time 
Well, <laughs> one question: <laughs> what, what, do. what do you expect to gain or win from this year? Okay, let's from from next year, whenever you're gonna fucking off. Fuck off, yeah. <laughs> what do you expect to gain from that? Sanity, health. That, that's very good. <laughs> a life. <laughs> Latest research has shown that having a life is important for your health. <laughs> I would say sanity in the aspect of, I think I can actually, I am myself now, obviously, but I think you can embrace other things about me that maybe I wouldn't hear because you shouldn't, or it's not really that acceptable, or maybe I don't really know how, but I think just a bit more of a peace of mind and also being forced to solely rely on myself essentially because here obviously it's easy you know you have family you have friends you have people around you which is great um and of course you can still rely on them to an extent emotionally but physically i won't you know i'll just have to rely on what i have which is my brain that's it um that's enough (laughs) and yeah so i was joking a bit but sanity is is one and health i think is another in the sense that it's just england isn't it like Oh it's, it's shit. It's just let's 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 be direct for us for a while. Your food is shit, your weather is shit, <laughs> your culture is shit, and nobody talks about it and everyone's too polite to criticize it. Exactly, we say sorry all the time. You say, How many times have I the, said sorry? Even the bus is is out of service, it says sorry. <laughs> Not in service. But it's like there are good parts that I like here. Name but, one. But there's Name one. <laughs> music. You do have concerts and stuff. I don't really True. like the people who go there, but <laughs> but there's 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 something in the UK that that you can't really criticize anything in public. Yeah. And I experienced the same thing in Norway when I was living in Norway. And it's this, you know, hmm, welfare countries are kind of like like there is no such thing as a fucking welfare country. The most rich countries are the most unequal countries. Just just mm. just take a bus to any suburb. Yeah. Or just leave them leave the biggest cities. Like if you if you're in Norway, people have this ideal of Norway. It's fucked up. And also nobody talks or criticizes that. Yeah. And here I see a bit of a similar thing. I always bring this comparison. By the way, UK, I call it useless kingdom now, after living <laughs> here for six months. It's uh debut album is out soon. <laughs> <laughs> Losses I feel like we've covered. Back to back to, you know. <laughs> the point to, of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's fine. So your lessons that you've learned now that you're old as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I actually feel way younger than I'm... You feel younger than me. I mean, I know you're only two years older than me, but you have a youthful spirit and I do not. When I was 23, 4, people thought I was 30 plus yeah because of the job i was doing and mm. i was i dressed different i talked different i represented the company and had to be very finance guy mm-hmm. and now it's the opposite it's yeah. like i'm a i'm a kid but i'm not immature yeah i think that's what i mean by you seem younger than me because i am i mean who doesn't a bit <laughs> <laughs> I, I am kind of like a child at least she was just spinning in circles in the day. Um, but uh, yeah I feel like I burden myself more than I should that's why you feel more youthful because you actually don't give 
But like, not you, that you, you don't give a fuck. You are you... literally doing the same thing that I was doing. Yeah. Because I started solo traveling, like when I was twenty six, I think I went first time. I just went alone because I was like, I've always wanted to go alone, but somehow yeah. you're like, oh, you go with someone. It's like fuck that, and you're doing that now. And when you get back from your trip, I hope hopefully never to the UK. Whenever we meet again after that trip of yours, mm-hmm. you're gonna be not a different person, but for sure you let go of so much shit during that travel because you understood that you've been carrying around so much garbage that is not you. Yeah. And during your solo travel, you're just going to come back and be like, ah, and then you're going to be like me. Like you. Much better person. <laughs> and that's the end of the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that. I keep. <laughs> but it, I, I do think it's like, it, it goes for me and it goes for you. And like, I've pushed my friends to do the same and I've pushed my sister to do this. And that pushed... But just motivate. Yeah. Just an by, example. And and it, it works with everyone. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that for us the timing was very good. Yeah. Um of meeting. So okay, so we think about your lessons then. Mm-hmm. What have you taken from being from from a decade? From a decade. And also specifically what have you taken but you find helpful now that you're in your early thirties? Hmm. I mean, I think the most, I can't say the most important thing, but it's extremely important to just don't focus on other people. Like we, this, I don't know where it started. I don't know where it came from, but the values, not even values, they're like how we're brought up and taught what you should pay attention to in your life as a kid and and as a teenager and as a grown-up it's like it's just horseshit it's literally horseshit because how many people when you're 10 and then you have this view of oh what it's like to be 20 by the time you're 20 you're like oh and then when you're 20 you think that 30 is going to be that and when you're 30 you're going to be 40 so you're always kind of like there's a distance where you think like oh now i got it figured out or now i have now I understand life better. It's the opposite. And we're not yeah. really, we spend so much time, we're getting educated, but we're only getting educated for a profession, if even that, right? And nobody really teaches you how to live. Focused yeah. on yourself and like to figure out, the most important thing is to figure out yourself. And it's, it's I mean, how can you do that? Read, read some more. Now listen to podcasts, listen to more podcasts and just take time for yourself. Don't scroll away your life. I'm not saying that social media is bad. I'm just saying that it's you don't have self-discipline to go in there and get the useful stuff for you because, you know, if you don't have self-discipline, it's going to you're going to see it in your relationship. You're going to see it in relationship with your family. You're going to see it at your job. You're going to see it everywhere. The most important thing is to get your values and your skills and your yourself like set for life and once you do that like everything will change everything will change and it's like i've seen it with myself and my friends and strangers and if you read about history or even the problems that people used to have it's the same stuff we're still struggling with the same stuff what am i supposed to do who am i who's going to be my partner and family it's the same story for thousands of years and as paul simon said 
who's going to be my role model <laughs> but my role model is God <laughs> no I, I completely that's agree that's actually yeah. extremely important because I just figured out that when when you're a kid it's fine to have a role model almost like an impossible role model because I played football when I was growing up mm -hmm. and you have a role model that's like a thousand times better than you but you don't care you still mimic what they do and you still still aim that high and then as you get older at some point you just lose role models or your role models are like your parents, which is not a very good thing 99% of the time. Mm. And when you're in your 20s and 30s, right? If someone's 35, ask them, like, who's your role model? Mostly it's just going to be like, what do you mean? Myself. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> but it's like, it, it's so important to have that, you know. Yeah. Someone that you look up to, like a mentor in life. I think, I, I'm not sure, but I think it might be more of a, cultural value i don't know in japan or something with tradition or or like there's more long-term perspective to even businesses write business plans for a hundred years not five <laughs> because you need to think ahead and like we're so everything in western society is like present and be in the moment and do this and instant gratification that yeah that's what we're going to say instant gratification yeah i think that plays a big role and obviously that's literally what social media is isn't it yeah so, it's extremely important but it cannot be your default setting yeah yeah it's more of a treat yeah um but i think when you said about reading and listening to podcasts and things like that i mean it is very important and i suppose one of the things for me was that I, when my value system did break down at a certain point in, you know, a couple of years ago, I realized that I was reading less. I was learning less. I was reflecting less. was spending less time alone, which is really important. And I was just listening to too many people and too much shit. Yeah. So I kind of tried to strip a lot of that away. And one of the things was to get rid of social media, read more, which I love to do. And I've loved to do since I was since I could read. Um, <laughs> no way. I started before that. Yeah, you were just, you know, in the womb telling your mum. So podcasts are really important for me. It's one of the reasons I started this one because I was actually really against them. Of course I was. Because I was like, no, I don't want to listen to someone in my ear telling me stuff because that's what I was like. And then I started to actually listen to some that were to do with failing. Because to mm. me, failing was like the worst thing ever and everything had to be perfect and executed really, really well. Like but, the setup of this podcast. Yeah, which I did and, <laughs> and it's all me and <laughs> I don't, didn't have any help. So I've mentioned before, I think I talked about Elizabeth Day's podcast, How to Fail, in the trailer as well. But it was just amazing because she gets these people at literally the top of the fi their field and all of them are just like, failure is inevitable. So if you don't have the character first to recover and to build yourself back up then that's you're not going to be successful mm. either so then that just kind of slowly started to unpick something and I guess I kind of always sort of knew that and it's it was expected um but I hadn't really put the time and the energy and the effort into actually you know saying what I feel like what I really feel and think. And even now I don't really, you know, I hold stuff back because it's rude. Um, <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. But yeah, no, I think your kind of lesson there is just really, really important and one that everybody can take um, and apply and needs to. Yeah, I think I, th I, think just, I went on a bit of a rant, <laughs> which is what I usually do. But, no, but it's like, 
I mean, that's kind of how my mind works. You can ask me a question and then it takes the next step and the next step and the next step. And then I'm like, what was the question? But somehow I end up somewhere. Yeah. But to to put it like maybe more in a practical way, I would say that I'll mix it with something that you said. Like, don't listen to random people's opinions because they're random people. Mm-hmm. And also, don't listen to the opinions of people close to you because they have an agenda with you. If your mom tells you, no, 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 stay home. She tells you that because she wants you to stay home, right? Not that it's best for you. So yeah. I have this new kind of thing that I've playing, been playing around with for like three, four months. And it's it's like a practical way to help you make decisions and i use it all the time so it's just three questions what do you want what do you need and what's best for you those three things are super different and if if you are let's say you quitting your job and going to travel is what do you want what do you need what's best for you right Mm -hmm. you know definitely it is best for you that's definitely what you need in a way that you said it's you don't feel that you want to go you have to go yeah and the one part, you definitely want it, but also want is usually where the fear is. It's like, oh, maybe oh, yeah. I should stay, you know. Oh. Mm-hmm. And when you take something superficial, like, I don't know, want is like in the moment sometimes yeah. and best for you. Yeah. Includes like, yes, you might be suffering for some time, but you're going to be better off in the future. Mm-hmm. So I use it. I use it to make much better decisions <laughs> fucking hell you've done more advertising for this podcast than I have <laughs> the whole time of creating. she pays me I do not <laughs> nobody does he pays me I think that's really important and that's a good lesson I think to end on unless you've got any more lessons for us I might drop a question for you yeah go on mm, let's see where my mind goes oh, just a random idea in, in your 20s what would be your advice to people listening what they definitely should not do well, they or should they not. should avoid or be careful with, you know, be aware in the 20s. So this is a very honest and first Avoid answer. Avoid English pop- food. <laughs> that came into my head. Don't prioritize relationships. <laughs> I can, I can, I can confirm that is. Especially when you're in your early 20s, because no matter how much you feel like this is the person for you and you want to be with them, you need to be with them. It might not be best for <laughs> and you. And it is best for you. You've not a person really yet. You've literally just been a child and that's just like pre-starter mode of your life, isn't it? So... I think for me personally, I mean, you know, ultimately, who am I? Do what you want. But I think it would have been really important for me to have not done that. And I did in the sense that I had all my 20s pretty much in a relationship. So I was on the extreme other end. So maybe there's an in-between. But I think for me, there isn't because anything I do, I put like my full, full, full effort into. So I just don't think, for me, it wasn't really a compromise. It was a sacrifice. Sorry to the two people. <laughs> I mean, one of them is kind of in I mean, they won podcast. more than you did. They won. Out of it. You were probably out of their league. So they were like, 
jackpot, but you were like, settle. Yeah. And uh, that's usually what women do, unfortunately. Yeah. And it, yeah, I suppose specifically to being a woman as well, just be a bit more like a man <laughs> in the sense of I see it all the time where for the most part, we're thinking about roles. I don't know how, again, I'm doing what you do. I'm thinking about roles in society. It's like, fuck the other person. Like somebody wants to be in a relationship with you. Yeah, probably because you're great and you're doing a lot for them. But that doesn't mean you need to be with them. Um, and even if it's a really happy relationship and you're having a lot of fun and doing all the things you want to, it still doesn't mean that you need to be in a relationship. Yeah. You can do that with people that you're not in a stereotypical relationship with. There's, a, there's another thing that like how I like to think about it in my head is like if you cannot control yourself to have a friendship with someone right if your default setting is like oh I like someone I'm gonna have a relationship with them and it turns into something romantic and then you have sex or something if you cannot control not having sex with people like think about that like that's not a very sustainable long-term strategy for life because you're just gonna be it's not that you choose to be in a relationship you just end up being in one yeah yeah. and then you also end up ending one it kind of like it happens and then the breakout breakup also happens you have no control so Mm -hmm. you need to like focus focus on having friends around you because your friends will stick around your boyfriends and girlfriends won't stick around because there's plenty of fish in the sea and you're one of them yeah yeah um and just one more thing when you said about you happen to be in a relationship when you happen so it's the thing of being passive as well in your own life even when you don't really maybe think you are being passive you probably are just letting things happen to you so it's good to get a grasp on it and actually someone I know was telling me that their therapist said to them you know they were talking all about things to do with being in a relationship they're in their early 20s whatever and the therapist was like yeah no that's absolutely fantastic your partner sounds amazing you still don't need to be with them (laughs) exactly it's like this it's ugh. just because you see a nice car on the street doesn't mean you need to buy it and you can also go for a test drive and you can love the car it doesn't mean you need to buy it because as soon as you buy it probably you don't have 60k in cash you're gonna take a loan and then pay for it for the future and then you're stuck with it and that's literally that's literally what people do because they emotionally invest themselves in the future Right. You don't you don't have the emotional capacity at the age of 21 to right. You're not going to buy the house or buy that person emotionally for yourself. Mm -hmm. You just have like a tiny bit of yourself to give away because you need to work on yourself. Like your brain is not even fully developed until you're 21. You definitely shouldn't have a kid when you're 17 because kids are having kids. That's an issue. It might even be 25, you know. Oh, it might be even 40. (laughs) Might be never. So, um, yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's probably if someone was to ask me, especially a, a girl or a woman, that's probably what I'd say. And and take responsibility for that as well, because I should have done that earlier too. Oh, let's yeah, let's get into the topic of personal in- responsibility. <laughs> let's get that engine going. <laughs> I think that's important too. Yeah. Um so I guess the last thing is did you think of a much better people moment? <laughs> so a much better people moment. Um, I don't think I have one. I've probably caused a few 
but I don't well, remember this is those. I mean. Oh no, this is what I wanted to know because it's gonna be. No, hilarious. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't really remember. <laughs> I, I would say that I feel I, like you're more of a person to inspire this podcast yeah, than to do this podcast. But I think I probably caused a few moments when I was younger because when I was younger I was like I didn't really understand social dynamic that well and I pushed, you know, verbally way mm-hmm. further than I should have. But yeah. now I have it under control mostly. But like I am fully aware of what's happening and I don't try to on purpose hurt people. Of course, yeah. In a way. As, and we, we discussed also that those moments are in a way only possible when the person authentically doesn't even understand what they're saying. You know, they think it's fine to say it. Yeah, that's what makes them more tragic yeah. because yeah. they're not even yeah. actually trying to hurt you. They're just so clueless. Yeah, if I say something like that, I do it on purpose. Yeah, so it's not the same. It's, yeah, it's not the same. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> but probably in a weird fucked up way, even me saying that, I'm trying to teach you something <laughs> <laughs> there you go ladies and gentlemen Jonas has taught us so much today and it'll I continue don't, I don't think I have <laughs> no I appreciate you coming on I think that your just way of being and living and perspective and everything is going to be very different to most of my guests and obviously they'll be different to each other and also you're the token man so <laughs> yeah well um uh, a little bit self-promotion if you mm-hmm. want to keep an eye on what i'm doing then yes go to youtube i'm not a good podcast so <laughs> <laughs> i never said i was just delegate it to me so yeah tell us about your list as well yeah the list so the the thing the little next youtube project i'm doing is called before i die surprise surprise and what is it about it's about all the things i want to do before i die as i mentioned i made a list of 100 things this is a bucket list. I set myself a deadline of four years. So I call it a bucket list. And right now, uh, that's literally what I'm doing. I wake up. I don't, I don't work at a nine to five. I don't focus on anything else. My logic is that I want to wake up and my daily life has to have the things that I actually want to do before I die actually are meaningful to me. So in that YouTube channel, I'm going to make one video per challenge that I'm doing and uh, at the end of four years I'm gonna have a hundred videos and it's gonna be an absolute crazy journey some of the fun things on the list like I already I ran a marathon here in in Manchester yeah it was awesome I learned how to play the drums in two weeks I also did an endurance run where I ran four miles every four hours for 48 hours that's the David Coggins run if someone knows that I absolutely absolutely hate running by the way and some juicy things. I'm going to start a podcast. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to re- release an album. And my favorite one on the li- list is to go to space and look back at Earth. <laughs> I was going to say my favorite one is to start a cult. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's also that's to start a cult. Yeah. Um, and also to start a conspiracy theory. I have different reasons why things are on the list there. So, yeah. No, it's great. And um, you can check that out on your YouTube channel, yes. which I will link in yes. the bio all by myself. <laughs> yes. Um, Jonas obviously will also have a uh, Instagram post and we'll be tweeting about his episode. So we'll link all his kind of social media shit. And then that's it. On that happy thought, I would <laughs> like to just say one more thing. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. Bye.